we're going to get the show on the road. Welcome, everybody, to the 21st episode of Weekly Roundup with Reiki. Today's episode is going to be really short and sweet. So as you all know, we're going to start off with our project-related and community updates. Uh, so last week, if you remember, there's a lot of information that was put out. So when I say a lot of information, I'm talking about roadmap, updated roadmap, things that are going on with TCFX, overall Medellin Society Utility. Then we have the follow-up space that Jenny hosts on a weekly basis on Thursday nights, which you definitely don't want to miss, which is sip and show with... Uh, the ladies and Jenny's been doing an incredible job with sister blockchain. They talked a lot about traits and they talked a lot about the double rarity that we have. So there's a lot of information to take in. So if, if you haven't taken a look, make sure to go back, check out those infographics that were put out last week uh, and make sure to ask any questions that you might have in discord or personally DM me on Twitter. Would love to, help out wherever I can. Um, this week, uh, I have been working with uh, Alex Antonio on a fun little project, uh, something for our community engagement that we'll be, uh, we'll be updating the community on in the coming week. Uh, pretty excited about that. Uh, we do have our BAP initiative that is continuing to happen. And we're extremely excited about the energy that we're creating. I know there's a lot of conversation around things which are leading to communities getting tokenized and things that are not leading to communities getting tokenized. Uh, regardless, uh, we do have a very strong case for our project. And we have been uh, doing our very best in all the domains that are within our control. I know there's some conversation around uh projects being considered because they're fully minted out but we also know that our approach to minting was honest from day one it was around delivering value alongside the minting so our mint is always going to align with a roadmap delivery that is how we're going to do things so um otherwise absolutely loving the engagement that we have on twitter we're showing up to their spaces they're recognizing us we are rating their socials. Let's keep up the momentum. The job is not done. Sometimes it takes a long time to get tokenized. It is totally fine. We know what we have to offer, and we know that we share the common value system around tokenization. So it's not a matter of if, it's about when. So please keep uh, doing what is necessary. Absolutely love the energy the Leon family is bringing. Um, if you need resources and want to know, how you can help. Uh, we have a dedicated channel in our Discord called BAP Tokenization. There's our PFP that uh, a lot of Leon family members are rocking. Uh, then we also have visuals and information around what needs to happen, filling out the form, showing up to spaces, uh, rating Twitter, things like that. So keep doing the good work. Uh, I know our hard work's going to be well recognized and we're not going to stop till we bring this home so keep up the wonderful work leon family um 
I had a, and that was pretty much what I had for this week for project related things. A lot to look forward to for the coming week. Uh, don't want to go too much deeper into uh, the back end of things with the company creation and everything because that is just slow work that takes takes its toll. Alex and Tony are working through it. It's it's a daily grind, so it's it's a lot of work. So uh, don't want to bore you with all those details. If there's anything substantial that happens that is tangible that I can share, be it should be least of your worries. You will hear about it first from me. So. Do not worry. Um, what I want to talk about are market updates today, which I'm really pretty excited about that stuff. Um, there's a lot of interesting things happening. Uh, first of all, let's address the little pump that we saw in the market today. Again, nothing to get too excited. It's just a minor rally because of the FOMC meeting, which happened today. So Fed Chair Jerome Powell did exactly what the market expected him to do. It was a 25 basis point interest rate hike. Um, so the market had been expecting a 25 basis point interest rate hike. Some were saying that there is a chance that he could increase the interest rate by 50 basis point, which would be a little more destructive for the market. So things could have toppled a little bit, but that didn't happen. He did indicate that he did expect the inflation to continue to go down, but he's not going to take things easy. And he did hint at two more rate hikes of 25 basis points. So talking about how that affects the market long term, if you have kept to date with how the Fed affects the markets, and if you have not listened to the the recap I did with DW Drummer about the markets from 2022, what happened there, and what to look forward to 2023. The episode is out on Spotify, so make sure to listen to it. It's under Crypto Odyssey episode two, because we did the first episode a few months ago in 2022. And this is the follow-up to that episode. So if you haven't listened to the first one, go listen to the first one, and then listen to this one. All right, so now that we have this out of the door, now that you know why the markets are rallying a little bit today, exciting news. The good thing is the inflation is coming down and the Fed is extremely serious about bringing inflation to the 2% mark. A lot of people are saying it's going to happen this year, Kathy Wood, Elon Musk, a lot of other business people, but I personally don't think it's going to come down that fast. I I feel like we might get to 4% by the end of the year and maybe 20 end of 2024, we'll get to 2%, but 2023 seems like a long stretch. And the Fed says they're not going to stop uh, putting pressure on the market and uh, reducing the risk appetite in the market and taking out liquidity until they bring inflation down. So that's the only tool that they have they can use. So they're using it to their full potential. And they're still hoping that they can get us through this without having a recession of any form, but it seems highly unlikely. But again, recessions don't mean that the markets don't do much. There are bull markets within recessions. There are pumps. So I'm not a day trader in no form. I do not want to get into that stuff because it's just not what I'm good at. Um, I try to stick to long-term holds and then 
taking profits on the go whenever possible. So yes, if you are in the green and you see the market go up, again, a reminder, make sure to take your profits. If you're feeling good looking at your portfolio, that means you should be taking some profits. That's my giveaway. That's what I personally do. And I learned that lesson really late. So learn from my mistakes and don't repeat them. Just take profits when you can. All right. Biggest news coming from Amazon. It came out early around Wednesday, like when I got done speaking, which was interesting because I would have shared it then. But Amazon has released their intention around Web3. So Amazon spokesperson was hinting at a, it's not even a hint anymore. They're looking at uh, sometime this year, they can't specify the quarter, but they are saying that they're going to start their Web3 initiative around NFTs for now uh, at Amazon. So what is it going to be at first? They are looking at uh, giving users of their gaming platform. Uh, they have a platform, uh, they have Twitch, they have Prime. Uh, they want to reward people uh, with NFTs for interacting with their services and create a gamification marketplace using NFTs. So. The spokesperson also indicated that they understand the value of Web3. They see the innovation, they see the adoption, and they want to be part of it. So this is another huge, huge kudos to the Web3 community that this is a huge movement that Web2 giant companies are noticing and they want to hop on. Uh, as you know, last week I shared a big fail uh, in Web3, which was Porsche's NFT launch. But Amazon, to me, seems like they're smart enough where they have the right people and they seem like they know what they're talking about in terms of how they want to approach this. But again, I can't say much until the product is out and I have tried it myself. Uh, I'll see how the experience is, how it compares to the existing marketplaces, things like that. So I will keep you posted on that. Uh, that is the Amazon Web3 initiative news. Um, as you know, in our market updates, I like to take you on a tour of the world and what's going on in crypto all over the world with governments and their banks, because those two entities are extremely important to adoption. As much as innovation is essential, but it is also essential to get the right people in the right rooms to get it adopted with the right regulations. So keeping an eye on these things is extremely important. And you can always count on me to get you all this information. We're taking you to UK right now. A lot of crypto stuff has been happening in UK for the past couple of years. The new prime minister is also very pro-crypto. He understands Bitcoin. He understands Ethereum. I think he owns a board ape. I don't remember if he does. He did talk about it, about owning NFTs, but whatever. So he does get it. So the UK treasury published a crypto framework paper. And this paper has been under works for about a year and a half. And this has been in the talks. I have brought it up about six months ago uh, before the weekly roundup even existed. But the thing here is that this 80 page paper, and I haven't read through the whole thing. I just got the bullet points of it that have the main main talking points or main main things to look at. So this crypto paper is, first of all, extremely crucial because UK is a really strong financial country and dictates a lot of terms in the European region. 
So it's important to see how they're dealing with crypto because it could lead to setting up precedents for other countries as to how they're going to approach crypto as a country. So this framework is no way this is going to be a law. The whole purpose of this framework is to put out initial guidelines so that companies can start aligning themselves with these guidelines because the law is going to be somewhere around the lines of this framework. There are things that are supposed to be changed. There are things that are absolutely going to be changed, but that that's just going to be minor parts of it. It seems like this is very well-versed paper, so there a lot of stuff in here can be considered things that might show up in the actual bill. So what are some of the interesting things that popped out for me from this paper? Number one, uh, there's a huge emphasis on stable coins. So it's fair that they're talking about stable coins because a lot has happened in 2022 with stable coins and we learned that they're not that stable. So specifically algorithmic stable coins. So what are those? Those are stable coins that are somehow maintaining their stable value against a currency uh, using an algorithm. So a good example of that would be Terra Luna. So Terra Luna was backed by Bitcoin. It was the first Bitcoin backed stable coin, algorithmic stable coin, and uh, it completely failed. Uh, a lot of stuff happened because of that. And there's other coins like FTT, even though it wasn't a stable coin, but Governments, what I can see from this paper is governments really care about stable coins because there's two reasons why. One could be they could be viewing stable coins as a direct competitor to their national currency. So even though, let's say, USDC is a stable coin that complements the US dollar, it could be considered competition to the US dollar because it's not issued by the government or the Fed, it's issued by a private company. So when they talk about stable coins there, they specifically mentioned that stable coins would not be a term that would be used to identify these cryptocurrencies. the The term that is that is put out there in this uh, in this paper is called unbacked crypto asset. And this term is required by advertisers on any platform within the UK to be used instead of a stable coin. So they really want people to know that these are unbacked digital assets, which sounds like a negative term that it's unbacked. But really, when you think about it, no currency is backed by anything. Even the currency that the UK government is putting out there, it's not backed by anything. It's just trust in the government, which is nobody trusts any government at this point. So it's kind of a mute point, but they really want to make sure that people understand, I guess, that these things are not that stable as people think they are. I, I personally don't care either way. It's like, okay, sure, you want to call it that, call it that. But I personally would care more about your regulations, which to me seem like they're very pro-crypto because the second thing that stood out to me here in this paper was crypto apps, DeFi apps, and like a lot of decentralized platforms like developers, they have really less... Um, like information providing uh, thing. So basically, if you have a DeFi app or if you have an exchange or something and you have no way to gather information, you won't be required to provide that information. Unlike 
uh, securities platforms, like if you're selling stocks or bonds, like you would be required to provide more information to the government. Uh, but that doesn't mean that if you have a centralized exchange, you don't get to provide information. So there's specific guidelines that if you do own, if you're running a centralized exchange, you do have to provide KYC and customer information to the government. This is a good step because a lot of conversation is going on in the U.S. A bill was passed last year around related to COVID. I think it was 2021, actually, that got held up because there's some language in the bill. And the crypto thing wasn't even supposed to be the main part. It was an infrastructure bill for COVID relief. And somehow some senator snuck in some bad language around crypto, which would have literally rendered every developer like a broker. And a developer doesn't know who's who's sending what crypto to who. That's the whole purpose of Bitcoin and any other crypto. Nobody else knows what a transaction, who the participating parties are. So it would be just impossible to comply with those regulations. So you would be automatically out of compliance if that bill was passed the way it was written. So it's good to see that the UK understands and another thing here is that they're not creating a new body which was something they were talking about they're not creating a new body for crypto they're just gonna roll crypto into their existing traditional finance market uh which is called the fca there's that's their main regulatory body um and everything is gonna roll under that so they might have a sub department underneath that body but there's not going to be a whole new uh, body controlling crypto. So those are kind of some of the highlights that I have from the paper. My overall, from what I've seen so far, uh, is this is good. This is great because we need more clarity in the system. So when UK puts out things like this, it encourages and motivates other big countries uh, to put out their regulations and put out what they're thinking, because this way the companies can have a sigh of relief because as you know, and this is going to bring me into the next news item that I wanted to share. Ripple is going through with a lawsuit with SEC and the lawsuit by SEC was filed because they created this, this market with they created so much confusion in the market as to what is a security which token is a security what is not a security is the action of selling the token to somebody a security or the actual token is a security there are so many questions and the sec just would not answer any of those questions because they want to reserve the rights to sue anyone and everyone if they wanted to so that's just a very malicious way of providing guidance that you go around suing people rather than be upfront and transparent and share information. So it's good to see that UK do some do something right that the US can learn from. Uh, the reason I said that takes me to the next topic is even though the lawsuit is going on, Ripple as a company is stronger than ever, which is amazing to see the strength of crypto companies because they're solving real problems. And when you solve real problems, you can find customers even when you are going through a lawsuit. So Montenegro, uh, it's not a big country, but also is a country that has been using the euro and doesn't have its own currency. They have made a press release. The government has made a press release and a Twitter post that they have begun their CBDC trials with Ripple. 
And this is an in interesting piece of news because a lot of people don't know that even though it's a small country and not really well known in the world, they are pretty pro crypto. And you can you can look up uh, just if you Google search Vitalik Buterin's uh, Montenegro um, citizenship. They gifted him the citizenship of their country because he worked with them on a pilot for something with the government using Ethereum. So they're they're pretty pro-crypto. They understand the value of this industry. And Ripple as a company is extremely well-established to work with governments and banks. Um, they have their foot in the door by, uh, for starters, they have a lot of credentials under their belt. They're one of the only few companies which are part of both the digital dollar project and they're also part of the digital euro project, which they joined in 2022. Uh, so interesting things happening over in Montenegro. Uh, I hope that trial goes well and they're able to work out something to uh, have more people join their economy and um, have seamless transactions within or cross borders. Um, that's the news there with the CDBC update of the week. Uh, the next one is a follow-up news item that I told you that I'll, I'll share, uh, when things happen. So a few weeks ago, I shared that a, a major South African retail giant, if you remember called pick and pay, they had began a three month trial with 39 locations all across the country to accept Bitcoin as a payment method. So yesterday they released a press release saying that the pilot was extremely successful. And now they're rolling out this program to hear this, all 1600 plus locations throughout the country. So largest retail giant in South Africa has opened up Bitcoin payments for all of its locations. So it's, it's huge news. It's pretty much like, if you think about Walmart allowed you to buy stuff with Bitcoin here. So it's kind of big, uh, pretty exciting news for South Africa. Uh, the next piece that I wanted to close things out with is a very wholesome piece of news here. So things like this doesn't get enough coverage on the news. So I figured this would be something heartwarming to share with the community because we we really need that kind of stuff in the community and see how it how it's really changing people's lives and helping conserve things which should be conserved. So this news is coming from the Democratic Republic of Congo and this is coming from Virunga National Park. So Virunga National Park uh, has been one of the oldest uh, national parks in Africa. So it has a lot of it has a lot of tradition behind a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of beautiful memories for the people and and just a big piece of pride for the people of uh, Republic of Congo. So why am I taking you there? Uh, I'm taking you there because over the past few years because of COVID, uh, the national park has struggled financially. It has gotten to the point where they were almost close to bankruptcy and were contemplating uh, closing down the national park. So 
what happened here was something magical. A local Bitcoin mining company partnered with the National Park and literally transported three to 400 Bitcoin miners to the National Park. And not only did they make history by becoming the first National Park in the world to allow Bitcoin to do Bitcoin mining, but it also helped them get out of bankruptcy. So not only did they make history and then save one of the oldest national parks in Africa, but also they, they were able to turn things around financially. So if you want to learn more about this, uh, I believe there's a Netflix documentary being made or already made. I'm going to look it up later. Uh, but this is this is a huge, huge, huge piece of news. A lot of places I'm noticing are starting to do this where if they have access energy, they just start mining Bitcoin. And it's such a good use of uh, residual energy, which would be wasted in other ways. But now you can generate access revenue that can help you grow, either grow or sustain or get through rough times. It's just another beautiful avenue while supporting the largest open source payment network in the world. So it's just a win-win. And it just it just made my day when I read that piece of news that uh, glad that National Park is okay and uh, they're doing good and Bitcoin mining helped. Uh, and they were open to this uh, creative solution. So National Parks aren't really known to be... Uh, very innovative or well not going to say that but it's it's not a tech company so it's a lot asking a national park to start mining bitcoin so kudos to them for being so progressive and accepting the technology and being a part of change and changing their lives in the process with that um we're sitting at the 30 minute mark as i promised um again thank you everybody for the wonderful support so far we're getting stronger by the day and i can't wait to bring you incredible news every week it just makes my day um, to share all this incredible information to keep you up to date with what is important in the project and the market hope you have a wonderful rest of your week